Well, last week, uh, we uh, talked about doing His will, or that's what we called it, and there's some things more on that that I wanted to cover. You know, as we're going into, you can go back and listen to the the first part if you uh, didn't hear it, but, you know, as we're kind of turning the corner, we're in Christmas season, but I just had this on my heart last week and then some more this week. You know, we're, we're kind of turning the corner into the new year. You know, you can see it coming up. Of course, a lot of times there's so much going on this year. People let it fly by all this time, and then all of a sudden, boom, it's here, and then January's here, and then feels like you're on a treadmill, and then it's February, and then can happen like that. But, you know, we're kind of going. It's like we're, we're going up to it and just had on my heart to, to touch on some of these things. Um, and so we're going to – let's go to – Hebrews 13, verse 20. Aren't you thankful for Jesus? Hallelujah. You know, one of our, our uh, kids the other day was you know, just asking, how do people without God, how do they process life? Because, you know, our children grew up knowing God, and so they're like, how... What's their, you know, she goes, you know, I get mental things and, and physical things, some of that, but it's just spiritually when they go through something or they're dealing with light, how, what's their outlook? I mean, there's, they don't know God. So what, what is there and how does that look? And, uh, you know, without God, God is the creator. Whether people deny him or not, he's the creator. You know, opinion does not change fact. Just because somebody, you know, feelings don't change fact. People, I don't, I don't like that. I'm mad about it. I disagree. And facts just sit there and stare back at you. Well, the fact is, God is the creator of the universe. It doesn't matter if there's a chorus of people going, "I don't believe that." I'm, I have a right to my belief. Sure, you do. You can believe the earth's flat too and never get on an airplane. You, sure. You, you have a right to what you believe. As a Christian, you don't. You, you need to submit to the Lord Jesus Christ and what He said, but people out can be like, well, I just don't believe God. I thank God. I know there's a God, and He is the creator, because without Him, if we're created to operate uh, with Him and we're not, that's a huge hole. Hole doesn't do it justice. <laughs> You're just completely on the wrong page. You know, you just don't even know what's up from down. If you think there's no God, but you're created by a God and made to serve a God and worship a God, and you're like, there's no God, where, where is that? You're just not even in left field. You're just, you know, in another city, not even the stadium. You don't even know what's going on, but people live their life like that. Thank God we don't have to. <laughs> we don't have to. Verse, uh, or Hebrews 13, verse 20, we read this last week to get going. We're going to read it in a few uh, versions. It says, now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. You know, as I'm reading these words, these are not just words. This is truth. And so when we take this, like we were just saying, you know, some people scoff at this and go, that's just a book. When we read this and take it as truth, it is alive and something is happening on the inside of you. It's changing how you look if you let it dominate you and be not simply the word of men, but the word of God this morning. It says, now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead. Well, that's true. He did that. 
Thank God we're, we're celebrating the Christmas season. He had to come as a baby, but if he just came as a baby and didn't die and raised from the dead, we, we would still be in the same place. But thank God he shed his blood and Jesus rose from the dead. Amen. That great shepherd, oh, go put it up, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant make you complete in every good work to do his will. So it preface saying all that, that God that, that, rose Je- that brought up Jesus from the dead through the blood of the covenant, Him make you complete in every good work to do His will, working in you what is well-pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. So the first, verse 20 is saying, you know, basically God and uh, make you complete then in verse 21. So we're just going to pick up in verse 21 in the CEB version. It says, may, <clears throat> the pre- previous verses, may God equip you with every good thing to do His will by developing in us what pleases Him through Jesus Christ, developing in us what pleases Him. So he's doing something in us, but the object is to please him. In other words, it's not doing something in us to do what we want to do, to please us. That's not, as a Christian, we are subservient to God uh, through what the Lord Jesus has made us, and it is all about him. The NLT says, may he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May He produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to Him. All glory to Him forever and ever. Do you see? It's, it's about Him. Anything that's in you or me that is good, let's, let's read verse 21 again. May He equip you with all you need, but, but what? For doing His will. May He produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to Him, and then all glory to Him. It is about Him. What we have developed in us is about Him. What He's going to do in us is not so we can just say, hey, you know, I I have this going on in me. It's so that we can glorify Him and to do His will. In the Amplified Classic, uh, I love the way this says this, in fact, we pray this over you guys. This is, you know, there's a lot of scriptures that are prayers, and it's saying, may the Lord Jesus Christ, he's, pray, he's saying, may this happen. This is something we pray over you guys. May he strengthen, complete, I pray it in this version, complete, perfect, and make you what you ought to be, and equip you with everything good that you may carry out His will while He Himself works in you and accomplishes that which is pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ the Messiah, to whom, we, uh, to whom be glory forever and ever, to the ages of the ages. Amen. So it's to equip you, to make you everything you ought to be. Do you realize there's something we all ought to be? There's something that God, God has ordained. There's generally, in His Word, we find out what, what we're to be, what He wants for us. But then there's something specific for each of us that we ought to be. In other words, it's the way God sees you and me, that He sees us doing, that He sees us being. And so it is a, he's everything in our life, if we'll let him 
uh, mold us and shape us, it's bringing us into that place where we're being what we ought to be according to who? To Him. It's not what your teacher thinks you ought to be or your, even your parents think you ought to be or your boss thinks you ought to be. It's what He knows that we ought to be. So we're emphasizing uh, last week and going into this week that it's about doing His will. Anything that we have, anything that's being developed is to do His will, not just our will, not just to please us, but to please Him. Colossians 1 verse 9, we read this as well. It says, for this, uh, Colossians 1 9, for this reason also since the day we heard it, uh, do not cease to pray for you. Another thing we we pray for you guys, to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will. Well, you need to know what His will is in order to do His will, but that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him. Now, this is doing His will. Being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Notice that that you're being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might. So it's saying here that to, we're, uh, Apostle Paul's saying, we, we're praying for you to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So to have the knowledge of His will, that you may be walk worthy of the Lord. Well, that's walking in His will. He has a will for you, and so that you'd walk worthy of Him, fully pleasing Him. Well, if you're fully pleasing Him, you're walking in faith, and you're doing what He wants you to do. If He wants you to do this, and His Word says to do this, and you're doing this over here, you're not fully pleasing Him. So this is in His will, that you know His will and then walk in it. And then being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So being then fruitful, that you'd bear fruit according to His will that you'd come up, that you'd bear fruit in every good work. So God has good works that are in His will that He's ordained each of us to do and to be. And so we ought to be something to do that, to do the good works that are in His will for us. And that's pretty much what you and I are supposed to be occupied doing. Find out what He wants you to do. Find out what the Word says about us, you know, generally what He has for us, then, then walk in what, uh, find out about it, then walk in it, do it, bear fruit in all the good works that He's ordained that we walk in those. That's really all the things, good things that we could say uh, that we could accomplish all have to do with that. And anything that's not in that category, going to be burned up, doesn't matter. And that, you know, uh, pretty much could sum up your life, my life, when we get to the end of our life, what we want is, well done, good and faithful servant. You did what I asked you to do. You did the good works. You walked in it. Good job. That's what we want. Anything else, it's not in that category. Uh, what somebody else thinks we ought to do. What somebody else thinks we're good at. It doesn't matter because God, He knows what He's, what he's ordained for us, which is a whole lot different than somebody's opinion. Uh, we read Ephesians uh, 2.10, so let's uh, look at this as well. Ephesians 2.10 then, it says, For we are His workmanship, 
created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in Him. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, what? For good works. Well, those good works would obviously be His will. What He wants us to do, because we've been created for them. So we've been created for something, good works, which are what He wants us to do. And God prepared these things, it says beforehand, that we should walk in them. So in other words, this isn't something that's just religion or theory or theology. We're supposed to walk in these things. And God prepared beforehand that we should. So again, it's about what He is doing in us that will enable us to walk in these things, which is all for His glory. But notice here it says they're good works. Look at Philippians 1 verse 3. It says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making request for you with all joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it unto, until the day of Jesus Christ. He's doing a good work in you so that you can do work, good works, and he's going to keep on and complete it over time. Uh, until we get out of here, until you leave the earth, if you live out your life here. It's all about doing this. That's it. Is that we're growing in these good works that we're letting God work in us. And for the Christian, everything else that we do is secondary. It's all in doing what we just said here. So in other words, it's not a specific vocation. God will lead you in that, but it's not about that so much as that it's about the one that God would have you to do, and in doing that, you're fulfilling His plan and His purpose and the good works that He has for you, and you're letting Him work in you. In other words, you could be in the right vocation, but not letting God do anything in your life, and you're missing it. If you're on the wrong vocation, but you let God work in you, you'll get to the right one. It's not the way, you know, the world views these things. They think, you know, uh, they, they look so much at the external things and uh, not looking at the, the spiritual and the, what God has for us. So they'll look at, well, what are you trained for? And, you know, you better prepare for X because you have a, a proficiency in this. God doesn't look at it that way. He, he will use what you, you have, but it's in line with what He's ordained that you will do. And so you don't have to get caught up in the specifics of where you're at now. The biggest thing is, what are you looking at to let Him do in your life? Because He can get you where you need to be. He can equip you with whatever you need. It's not so much what you bring to the table. It's how you look at Him and that your heart is to do what we're talking about here. That you want what He wants. That you're yielding to Him to be able to do that. And that you let Him continue in you. Through to do these good works. In other words, good works aren't just good works in themselves. The Bible talks a lot about this. You can do a quote-unquote good work, but it be the wrong thing that God didn't ask you to do, and it becomes the wrong thing. See, that would be like religion. 
The Pharisees did good works, but they didn't do it with the right heart. They were doing the wrong thing, and it was just a, a stench to God. But God can work. If we'll, if we'll have this attitude and come and go, God, what, whatever, my, well, I want to do what you want to do, well, then He can deal with everything else. And that's, what it, that's, that's where our mindset and our, our focus ought to be, is on completing the things that He has for us. Um, we read this too. Let's look at Proverbs 16.3. It says, commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. In the NLT, it says, commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. In the Amplified, it says, commit your works to the Lord, submit and trust them to Him. And your plans will succeed if you respond to His will and guidance. Now, you know, that's, that's just trying to bring some things out, but we see in these other scriptures, this is... Uh, in, in line with them. But I want you to notice it says, commit your works to the Lord. Here it's submit and trust them. So you're putting what you want to do under what He would have you do. And it says, and then your plans will succeed. Then, so it's not about your plan. See, it's not about what, what I want to do and then, hey, God, rubber, you know, stamp this. It is, I'm, I'm putting, I have the mindset now, that I want His will, and I want to do what He would have me to do, and that's what it's all about, is being developed in that. So now, when I commit my actions to, or commit my actions to Him, I'm doing it under that, saying whatever it is, it's got to be under that. Well, now it's going to succeed. It's not in a vacuum. God is not our genie. Okay, God, well, now I got God, so I'm going to do this. God, bless this, please. That's not it. That is so not it. It is God. Lord uh, is all about you. And whatever I'm doing, I'm, I'm submitting it to you. I'm committing it to you. I'm putting what I want to do under what you would have me to do. Now, God, I know it's all about you working in me and you bringing me up. Now, uh, this, is what I, this is what I'm thinking for a plan. Uh, you like? Is this right? <laughs> I don't want a secondary one. I mean, if you really realize the backdrop of He has ordained for me certain things for, all, for my life, that I'm supposed to pray that I would know His will, that I want to be walking worthy of Him, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work, well, then it becomes, I don't want something that's like secondary. I don't, I don't have that luxury, nor do I want it. I don't want that. It's not... Because uh, there's so much noise, right? I mean, there's so much noise in the world, and when you get involved in the noise, it becomes, uh, the more we listen to the noise of, of human voices, uh, it can cloud what the simplicity of what we're talking about here. Because what we've said so far, this is not hard. You could, you could take what I'm saying right here, you know, take the essence of it, and you could teach it to kids very young and just say, God has a good plan for you. He wants good things for you. Ask Him what that is, and then He'll help you do it, and He'll grow you up and keep, help you to keep doing it. You could break it down to where they're like, got it. But we have so much help to, to misunderstand things and mess stuff up. People will be like, well, yeah, yeah, I, I get you, but 
And then, then the, after that, but all kinds of noise, and you you know you get out of you're done. Like I don't, I, I can I even hear God? I don't I don't know anything. It's not that hard. But it starts with just looking to Him, and trusting Him. But it it, it is uh, it is submitting what we're doing to Him. It says, "Commit your works to the Lord. Submit and trust them to Him." Look at Philippians uh, two verse five. Actually, before we go there, let's look at Luke 22, 39. Just skip down. This is Jesus. When Jesus is going to pay, He's going to the cross, submitting Himself to the will of the Father. Verse 39 says, Coming out, He went to the Mount of Olives, as He was accustomed, and His disciples also followed Him. When He came to the place, He said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation, verse 41, and he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. In other words, if there's any other way to do what's about to happen, what's about to happen, he's about to go to the cross which his flesh is recoiling from. And he's saying, if there's any other way to get this done, in your will, let's do that. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Now we're talking about doing his will. We're talking about the fact that you can know his will, that you can ask him what his will is, that you can walk in it. But then there's this. As part of it, Jesus, Jesus is our example and Jesus as he was moving forward in the will of God, he came up and he could see what was before him. He knew what was before him. His flesh recoiled at it, yet he submitted what he was doing to God and say, nevertheless, what you have for me, I'm going to do. And this is a part of every one of us doing the will of God. Amen. If we're going to walk out what he wants us to do, then you're gonna, th there will be this. Now go back to Philippians 2 verse 5. This is how, then, we're to look at everything that we're talking about, doing His will. When we come in and we're banking into 2024 and we're looking at this, we have this backdrop that it's all about Him, that we're supposed to be finding His will, that we're supposed to be doing what He would have to do, that He's going to help us uh, do it, that He's going to grow us up in doing it. And so we commit ourselves to that, and then uh, we, we follow through no matter what. Whatever that looks like, and that's where uh, we get into, let's look at this verse 5, Philippians 2 verse 5, that we're looking at Jesus as our example of walking these things out. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation. In other words, it says, when it says, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, that means like robbery, like there's other translations that bring this out, like you're taking something, robbery, like taking something. He's saying it's not something to be grasped or held on to be equal to, to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation. In other words, he, just because he was God, he didn't say, well, I'm God, we're going to do this a, certain, a different way. He walked as a man on the earth. 
100% God, 100% man, but he submitted himself to the will of the Father. He had to because he was like us. If he wasn't like us and he was doing it as God, he can't redeem us. So he had to go through what you and I go through. And so it's saying, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. So he was in the form of God, but he didn't consider it something to be held on, to be equal with God. But verse 7, made himself of no reputation. In other words, he lowered himself, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. So he said, um, or he, he had the mindset that I'm going to lower myself and submit myself to what God would have me to do, God the Father, as he is uh, God the Son on the earth. Verse 8, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. So he humbled himself and he became obedient to what? What God's will was for him, even to the death of the cross. So even though this was in front of him, he didn't stop and say, well, I'm God. What? Let's do this a different way. He said, I will bow my knee to what needs to be done in the will of God. God, Jesus himself is walking out the will of God, did it perfectly on the earth, being led by the Holy Spirit, doing what needed to be done. You think about what Jesus did. He had three years of ministry and, you know, three or about years of ministry, and he had all these people pulling on him, all these people, uh, you know, coming to him, and he yet, he walked through that doing exactly what he needed to do. He walked in the will of the Father completely. He didn't just do everything. He just, just, just didn't do everything. That people, he didn't even go when people asked him, come. He didn't always come. He was led. He did what the Father would have him to do. And to the point that now he is having to lay his life down and he says, all right, here we go. Bowing the knee and coming obedient, humbling himself, becoming obedient to the point of death in the will of God to, do, to accomplish what God had ordained was always going to happen, that he was going to sacrifice for you and me. That he was coming to earth when he came as a baby, this was the culmination, that he was going to be doing this. And then verse 9 says, therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the, God of God, to the glory of God the Father." So that happened after he had bowed his knee to God. He humbled himself and became obedient to the cross. And then verse 9 says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at his name every knee should bow, of every being. 
And so Jesus is our example of walking this out. It is all about His will. Jesus knew that. He was the example. So when we're getting pushed up against something in the will of God that looks like this, we have that framework behind us that says whatever. I'm going to do what God asked me to do. I'm going to fulfill that. I'm going to walk with Him. Well, now you just, you put, when you put that framework in place of God has something for me, I'm, going to, I'm, I'm following Him, He's going to enable me to do it, I'm going to walk it out, I'm going to bear fruit, and that's it. And regardless, I'm going to act like Jesus. Well, now you have your lanes in front of you. You know what it is. You know you're not going to get, if it's bumping out of that, you're not going to do that. You're going to stay in those lanes and go because it, it defines what you're doing in this time on the earth. It defines what you won't do because you know what needs to be done in the will of God, what doesn't need to be done, so you are not going to give other things uh, attention that aren't part of what you need to be doing. And so then you, that enables you to keep going. That enables you to bear fruit. That enables you to uh, walk worthy of what He has called you to do. John uh, 6 Verse 38, Jesus said, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of Him who sent me. I've not come to do my own will. Well, Jesus is our Lord, and so we haven't come to do our own will either. Not our own will. But there's so much that'll tell you you do your own will. There's so much in the you know, it, there's so many things that we could look at that's basically, well, you know, tell you what everybody else is doing and give you the implication, well, you know, that could, you could do that, you could do whatever. It, it's, but no, if you put it back up against what the Bible says, you're saying, well, that's not really an option. Is that, does that pass that test of being in what He has said and what He wants me to do? Just like Jesus, I've come to do the will of Him who sent me. It's a definition for us. It's a, it's a, uh, you know, it corrals what we need to do, what we don't need to do. Then, then, see, we're going to read this next verse. People take this verse and make, try to make it say stuff that it doesn't say, but it's in context of everything we're talking about here. Romans 8, 28. It says, and we know that all things work together for good that th- to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. So this does not mean God is controlling everything. This does not mean God is telling everybody what to do. We've read how many verses that you're, you're doing the will of God, that we have a choice to do the will of God, that we can decide, we can become more or less fruitful in the will of God, that Jesus himself had a choice whether he was going to do what God asked him to do or not, that Jesus said, I've come to do the will of the Father. Well, if, if we are doing that... You can't take verses just out of the Bible and ignore other Scripture. You can't just pull this up and go, well, then this means 
X. When the Bible tells you all these other things to be doing, this is talking then to a person that it's, it's, it's uh, going to be consistent with the rest of Scripture. And when it says, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose, you're, that means whatever you do, when you're going on with God, and you're allowing Him to do all the things we've talked about, that you're allowing Him to lead you and guide you and bring you up and help you, and you're submitted to as well, it doesn't matter what comes your way. God will make it work together for good. It's because it's not that He's orchestrating everything on the earth. That would, that would contradict so many scriptures that we have a choice. He's not or- orchestrating everything if He's given us a choice. Because that part he gave to us, and if we choose this, and he was saying this, like what we said, if, if we decide we don't believe him at all like people do, you're not even on the map in this. If we decide, well, I'm, gonna, I'm saved, but I don't really want to do what God wants me to do, I see something, but I'm going to be over here, then we're, we're, we've made a choice that is outside what his will is. The fact that God gave humans a free will should just blow up anything that God is in control of everything. (laughs) He is sovereign, and in His sovereignty, He gave us a choice. You know, so then that is going to be reliant on our part. But if if we'll just submit it to the Lord, that's why it is so important to decide we're going to do what He would have us to do. And that it's all about Him because we do have a choice. And we've said we don't want second, third, fourth, fifth, eighth, twentieth place best. Not that we're going to walk everything perfect, but we should endeavor. We shouldn't go, yeah, I see this, but... No, that's, that's just making a choice against what God would have us to do. We don't want that. But it, we can stand then knowing that if, we're, if we've humbled ourselves and doing just like Jesus, let that mindset be in you which is in Christ Jesus and we're after Him and doing it, then it, that sets you up against anything that's coming and saying, okay, so that's there. That doesn't mean that God's will isn't going to be done. It sets you in a place where I will get past it. It sets you in a place of confidence. It sets you in a place of stability knowing that whatever... If you're in the will of God, it can't be stopped because Jesus is our example. They could not stop him. He laid down his life. They tried to kill him, and he just walked right through him. Push him off the cliff, and he's just, I mean, how did that look? I don't know. Did he just, he just walked right through him. I mean, how frustrating was that? They could not take, even when they came to him, and he said, I am, they just... He, they could not take him out. In the will of God, while he was walking in the will of God, which was every moment he was on the earth, no man, no government, no religious order could stop God's will. And so all things were working together for his good. You try to do this, it just, it, it's just, you know, boomerang. So he's walking through, and then the, tr- the crowning achievement, Satan thinks he's taken Jesus out. 
He lays down his life, and then God raises him from the dead. And now, instead of just Jesus, he's got to deal with the whole church. All having, you know, after the day of Pentecost, all being born again and having the Spirit of God filled, then filled with the Spirit of God, walking in the power of God on the earth. So Satan thought he had won, and God just rubbed his nose in it. He just didn't conquer him. He blew it all up. Will God, will do that in our lives as we work with Him and walk with Him. It doesn't matter what, what comes against us. We just, what do we need to, we just do a sanity check. Am I doing what He wants me to do? Am I walking in that? Am I yielding to Him? Well, then it doesn't matter if something comes up. Now we're going to have to submit to what He wants us to do. And we have to, we have to, we have to uh, make sure of that. We submit, we check, and we just keep moving. And now in doing His will, we can be sure that God is faithful, that He is just, that He's always there to help us through. He's gonna, he who begun a good work in you, He will complete it. Amen. He's going to complete it so you can keep doing what? His will, His good work what he has for you, what he has for me. And then who gets the glory? He gets the glory. It's all about him. What is it we want to hear when we get done? Well done, good faithful servant. You've done what I asked you to do. Everything else, evidently not talking about that. Amen.